Hi there. Welcome to the Soul Gym Podcast. My name is Daryl Jones. I wrote a book called Soul Gym, a manual to connect mind, body, and spirit for soulful living. The book is direct and brief, outlining the practices and exercises I have been engaged in for 20 years personally and supporting others with professionally for 15 years as a spiritual coach, mindfulness instructor, and minister. This podcast is support for the journey. Oftentimes, the gap from reading something, understanding it, and applying it to one's life can be great. Let this be your weekly inspiration and coaching to fuel you in living a soulful life. Get ready to stretch your mind and strengthen your heart as we step into the Soul Gym. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Soul Gym Podcast. My name is Reverend Daryl Jones. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Most importantly, I'm glad that you are here. If this is your first time joining in, welcome. I am glad that you are taking a look or listen to what we do here at Soul Gym. And if you are returning, welcome back. Oh my goodness, you might be listening to this um, podcast in real time, or you may be listening to it at a different date. Regardless, I would imagine that there is unrest in the world. Immediately right now, it is the end of October. There is a war in Israel with Gaza and the West Bank and so much uncertainty um, there. We have been over a year with war and strife in Ukraine between uh, the Ukrainians and the Russians. And there's at least 20 other wars happening somewhere around the world. There aren't many stances, I think, um, to take spiritually as it relates to war. The one thing that I feel comfortable taking a stand for is that um, war really only begets one thing, and that is more war. Now, we talk about peacetime. We talk about... Um, we talk about, you know, the time away from war. But if we actually look at skirmishes, wars, and things, um, they really are putting someone in power and pushing someone under the proverbial knee or boot. And whomever is under the knee or under the boot feels powerless, feels disenfranchised. And if it happens long enough, ultimately there will be some sort of coming to terms. Um, and so I say all of that is that right now in your world, whether it is the global events of war, or maybe there's some sort of personal war that you're in, I want to encourage that peace is available. And the peace that I'm talking about is not necessarily about resolving the conflicts. Those are often much larger things than we can actually um, do something about, at least immediately. 
But on this spiritual path, on the soul gym journey, this is the piece that I want to invite you to explore. I found an anonymous statement about peace that I think sums up what we're going to be uh, talking about today. Peace. It does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be in your heart. And most importantly, still be calm in your heart. So think of a, a time where maybe you were uh, at an airport and a flight was canceled. You had to stay somewhat calm to try to figure out what your next step was. Or maybe you were driving somewhere and all of a sudden the uh, awareness, even though it wasn't on your uh, ways or some other mapping device, that there was some construction that prevented you from going down the street that you were planning to take. You had to stay calm in the moment so that you could figure out another solution. Now, these are obviously, in terms of significance and grandeur in our lives are very different than some of the other personal and global challenges that we're facing. But it still points to this idea that peace is not something that is the um, absence of strife. Peace is not necessarily about the absence of, um, uh, uh, of war, but it is this internal peace, finding some level of calm in your heart. And I think there's lots of challenges with this notion of peace. To some, it is being a pacifist, which oftentimes gets connected with being apathetic or not caring. Uh, that is not what we're talking about here. You can still care and be concerned and even be worried about possible outcomes in life and choose in a given moment to discover what peace may be available to you. I'm saying this sitting in my home office in a very safe place. So obviously I want to acknowledge that privilege. I've got time to sit and ponder these notions. So there isn't something immediately threatening my life, right? So finding peace in the midst of wartime, uh, it, it's a little bit of a different conversation. But you're sitting in a place of privilege right now that you have the time to listen to this podcast. So harness and embrace that and realize that in this moment, there's some peace that you can afford yourself. It is not a peace that comes from figuring things out, from closing a door on something in your life. It is a peace that is realized from connecting to something that is greater than any one single problem or struggle. That thing goes by many names. In the religious world, oftentimes the word God or some version of that word, some different language use of the word God, but here in, in, in English using the word God. Some may use the word spirit, universal presence. We may use some of the identifiers of these things like love, 
peace, calm. There isn't a single word or a certain um, descriptor or thing that I think you need to identify with, but to recognize that there's something transcendent that can be felt, something that is transcendent uh, that can be approached. And that's what this is about, approaching. It is not getting to some special spot. Um, there is not even a certain level of intellectual understanding. It's rather approaching peace, approaching calmness in our heart, regardless of what others may or may not do. And to approach that calm, to approach that peace and be willing to explore it, even if it's just for a few seconds or a minute, it really can do something to, first and foremost, offer some healing to you. And the principle that most of the spiritual work and the soul gym uh, work um, is based upon is that the the work that we do internally, whether first and foremost individually, and then the work that we do collectively, is what f changes the world. And it's not about convincing others, but if we can touch upon that calmness in our heart, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of war images, and then bring whatever peace and calm that we have experienced into these hard conversations that we are having as a planet, it does something to maybe not end, but soften the blame and the shame game, the punishment game, which again is nothing more than war. Punishment is an act of war. Um, so I've, I've recently been, as many of you uh, know who know me, but maybe you don't, my wife, uh, who I really want to have on the podcast very soon, my wife, Dr. Carrie Jacobson, is a chiropractor, an applied kinesiologist, and a holistic physician. And... I was recently watching a, a documentary on one of the techniques that she uses called neuro-emotional technique. Um, the name of the, the documentary, which you can watch for free, is uh, on YouTube. It's called Stressed. And I've only gotten about half, a, a quarter of the way in. But what they're talking about from the physiological and the neurological standpoint is that there is never an end to stress in our life. There's just our capacity to handle the stress. And if we have multiple stressors in our life, then at some point there's a tipping point, right? Where we can no longer handle or manage the impact of that stress on our lives. And that's when we experience injury or illness physically. That's when we experience mental or emotional 
uh, hardship, breaks, even psychotic moments. That's when we behave in ways that are not uh, our norm, where we may um, speak to someone, act out at work. We may engage in some behaviors that we know are not healthy for us. Um, so if stress is not going to end or go away, the health that can be realized is for us to engage in things that help us have a as big of a container not that we need to take on more stress i'm not saying you need more stress in your life but the 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 challenge is, is that we can't really control the amount of stress that's coming our way in any one given moment so if we can have a greater container or a greater capacity to handle that stress, then it's less likely that we will be taken over that tipping point to uh, break down, to burnout, to hardship, to whatever the uh, symptom or the expression of that stress may be. I hope that makes sense to everyone. So to come back to our conversation around peace and in particular wartime, I do hope that we get to a point. I doubt it will be in my lifetime, but I'm going to do everything I can while, am I, while I am alive to impact this. But I don't think that we will see an end to war while I'm still alive. I do not think that uh, there will be an end to this need to punish in order to somehow correct wrongdoings of the past. And these are some of the biggest stressors in our lives, right? How many of us are stressed out by a war that we are not literally living in? It's taking a toll on us. And for all the people that are in the actual physical spaces of bombing and terror, my prayer is that they have the capacity to make it through another day. Hold that with me, if you will. To do something, to step into a calmness in your heart, this peace that, does, um, that doesn't mean that there's an ending to hardship or struggle or strife or even suffering, but this capacity to embrace, even if it's just three breaths of calm, it benefits us on so many levels, starting on the physical level, going back to this documentary, and actually it's not just there, it's, it's been um, quantified in, in many, many studies, uh, Harvard, the military, um, lots of private um, uh, health studies have, have um, studied this, but the biological, the biochemical, the physiological response when we are calm 
the nervous system goes from what is this fight or flight where we're trying to fix and defend ourselves from the world problems into a place of feeling okay to rest. That's when real digestion happens in our body. Think of all the stress that you have in your life and where do a lot of us experience symptoms of stress that's in our digestion and in, in, in our lower GI tract because when we are in a heightened stress um, space, the literal blood and energy that the body needs to digestion gets pulled away to other areas. So it's when we allow our, our, our autonomic nervous system to slide into this space of rest, digest, and heal that we it's it's that peace in the midst of of hardship it allows the body to function the way that it's supposed to and care for itself and heal itself and i believe that this same principle um, also dwells and and applies in our mental emotional and our spiritual space when we can touch upon some peace for a minute it does something in our emotional heart. It does something in our spirit to allow us to heal, if you will. It allows us to uh, connect to whatever that something is. Though to me, that those are the moments where we really step into our soul, where we have not um, only balanced out or brought some level of balance to our mind body and spirit but we have um, quieted the stimulation of those bodies right we've literally stopped the body from moving we may have not stopped the mind but we have drawn our attention away from the habitual negative thinking and in so doing we are able to touch upon some sense of our spirit and when all of those levels and dimensions of who we are are allowed to calm that is when we have a soulful experience that is soulful living and i do think it's something that we can do in the midst of hardship but it takes practice and that is one of the uh, fundamental messages of the ministry that I want to bring into the world of the work that I do, whether you call it ministry work or just supporting individuals in more of a secular space, we have more than enough stress than we need constantly harboring and hitting our heads, our hearts, our minds, and our bodies. And we can do more to discover peace amidst that hardship, not to run away from the problems of our life, but to allow ourselves to come back online. Another way that I like to think about it is these amazing smartphones that we have. We often treat them better, I think, than we do ourselves. We're constantly seeing what's the battery life, uh, you know, what's the memory like, do I need to reboot it, does it need to be plugged in, does it need more energy? Um, and how often do we ask ourselves that question? Do I need to unplug or reboot myself? Do I need more energy? And a lot of times what we go to is that kind of biochemical hit of coffee or Red Bull or sugar. 
And there's no shame in the game. You have to do that sometimes. I do it a lot of the time. And what if on a regular basis, for just a few minutes a day, we did something that allowed the body to reboot, to connect to calm and peace in your heart, regardless of what is happening in the external world. There are many, many ways to, I guess, embrace or approach that peace or calm. There is no way that's better than another. There's going to be the way that best suits you and your lifestyle and your personality. So for some, a gentle walk or swimming and getting in the water. For some, it might be doing some inspirational reading. Those are all lovely and those are a part of the soul gym practices that I would encourage you to do. And there really is something to meditation, to drawing your attention inward and focusing on the breath or a sound or a feeling in the body or chanting a word like love over and over again inside your mind or even saying it out loud. I feel it affords a different experience of peace than a walk does. Part of the brilliance of anything physical that we're engaged in is that it requires our attention to be focused on the physical activity, right? So if we're walking, we gotta make sure we don't trip. If we're doing yoga, we gotta make sure we don't fall over uh, as we hold a certain position. If we are swimming, we have to make sure that we're coordinating our breathing and our strokes so that we don't uh, uh, inhale water, right? So they are mindful activities in that you're focusing on the present moment. However, there is an element of distraction that happens in those exercises where you're being distracted from the hardships because you have to focus on something so intently in the moment. There's something about meditation. When you sit down to meditate, the mind doesn't stop. This is one of the biggest misconceptions about meditation that I find in any circle that I teach partly because our language limit, limits us in the way that we talk about it. We say quiet in the mind all the time, which in my mind when I hear quiet, that means stillness or nothingness, right? So that the mind should be nothing. But that's not what happens. The mind doesn't stop yammering on and having opinions. That's the one thing it's designed to do. That's how it keeps us safe. It's constantly scouring and scanning our internal and external world and offering up some sort of thought about it. To be able to slow down and disengage our attention from following all those thoughts, not stop them, but disengage from needing to follow all of those thoughts and to focus on the breath or a sound, while that is happening, that is the peace that this definition is talking about. Peace it does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, no trouble, no hardship. It means to be in your calm heart 
in the midst of all of that. To be in your calm heart in the midst of all of those things. So I want to guide you through just a very short, uh, I think I'm going to keep it to about two minutes so that you can experience what a two-minute pause really feels like. And I'm telling you the time just to just to 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 set you up. And and I don't want there to be any expectations. You don't need to lower your blood pressure. You don't need to stop worrying. We're just going to, for two minutes, discipline ourselves to focus upon our breathing. And for some, focusing on the breath is not relaxing. So if that is something that you're already aware of for yourself, then I would encourage you to focus on sound. Just listen to anything that's happening around you in the room where you are. The goal here is to have something, either the breath or a sound, that you are offering your attention to repeatedly in the midst of all the thoughts that continue to flood in to your attention. There's no right or wrong thought to have. The exercise here is to discover the calm that can be realized from focusing for just a few minutes on something like the breath or sound that you don't necessarily need to control, that only requires your disciplined attention, okay? To the best of your ability, create an environment that will allow you to focus. So you may be listening to me while you're doing something else. We multitask most of the day. Give yourself the gift of not multitasking right now. So put down the phone, close other screens on your computer. I don't know where you're listening to this, but let there be nothing else that you are giving your attention to other than the prompts that I'm going to offer. If you've got music on in the background, if you have a TV somewhere or the radio, please turn it off. Take your um, smartwatch off or turn it to silent so that there's no vibration even. Closing out anything that may um, distract you even for a second. Because here's the thing, even if we don't look at our watch, even if we don't look at our computer, if there's a sound that goes off, our attention gets drawn to it. So to create an environment to the best of your ability that doesn't have that stimulation is the beginning of discovering peace in the moment. Now you can't control everything and that's okay. You may actually let some of those sounds be just a part of your meditation, all right? And then in terms of your body, notice I'm sitting in an office chair and one of the challenges I have with an office chair are armrests. Oftentimes, they are positioned in a way that they push my shoulders up. So if you can move them out of the way or take your elbows off of those armrests so that your hands are just in your lap, uncross the ankles and the knees so that your feet are, are flat on the floor. Now, if you're sitting cross-legged on a couch or on the floor, that's fine. But if you're in a chair to uncross the legs, it's beneficial so that your body is even. And now we will begin our two-minute practice by taking a nice slow breath in through the nose. 
out through the mouth, in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the nose, And as you exhale, if you haven't done so already, and it feels comfortable and safe, close the eyes. If it doesn't feel right to do that, then just let your attention focus on something downward, like the floor, maybe the edge of a desk, something that's not too stimulating. And let yourself really experience the next breath flowing in and experience this breath flowing out. Flowing in. Flowing out. Again, if the breath is not calming to you, then switch to a sound. Breathing in, listening. Breathing out, listening. Breathing in. Breathing out. The mind is still going. Let it be. But when your attention follows the mind, come back to the breath or to the sound one moment at a time. Three breaths to close our practice in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the nose. And as you exhale, slowly soften the eyes, open them up, and bring your attention back to our remaining moments together here. There's nothing that you should or should not have felt. The only thing is, is to realize in some way, shape, or form, you approached some level of calm and peace in that focused breathing and listening exercise. It was only, maybe it was just a little over two minutes, but it was roughly two minutes. If you were to do that two or three times a day, it's like doing a little bit of a reboot. It doesn't mean that hardship at work has gone away. It doesn't mean that relationship challenges have ended. It doesn't mean that health crises have gone away. It doesn't mean that war in the Middle East has ended. But it does mean that there has been a ceasefire of your attention being inundated by the stress of life for a moment. And in so doing, some calm and some peace was brought into your physical body, your mental body, your emotional body, and allowing you to touch upon the spirit of your own being and step into a soulful moment. This is what I wish and hope and pray and know is possible for every single person on the planet, most importantly you. And I'm so grateful that you took a moment to join in today's podcast to explore the peace that's available. And now the thing to do is to keep practicing. 
probably one of the hardest things. I know it's one of the hardest things for myself is to stay in the discipline. So I want to invite you to try a lot of different supportive techniques, whether it's putting reminders in your calendar, putting up sticky notes, or maybe you need someone to support you. That's one of the things that I am here to do, to do one-on-one -on -one coaching or group uh, coaching. Uh, think of anyone that has worked out in a gym or anyone that is an athlete. They don't work out alone all the time. Sure, they do some things alone, but they work with a coach to help them stay in the depths of their workout, to stay in the depths of their exercise. And I want to help you stay in the depths of peace in any way, shape, or form that we can together. So if you would like some one-on-one -on -one coaching support from me, please check out my website, RevDarylJones.com, for more information. You can email me, DarylJonesSpirit at gmail.com. You can Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, direct message me, whatever pathway feels best for you. Um, I would love to work with you. And stay tuned. I'm hoping to offer some new programming in 2024. Um, some weekly programming that will support um, individuals as well as groups. And maybe you'll want to be a part of that. If there's something specific that you're looking for, let me know. Um, I just kind of get ideas and inspired and throw noodles against the wall and then see who wants to participate. But if there's something on your heart, you're like, man, I want to do a soul gym book study. Or I want to do a specific workshop on... Uh, a certain type of meditation, whatever it may be, let me know. Even if it's something that I can't do, I don't specialize in, maybe we can get someone in to work with the Soul Gym podcast community. It would be great. Once again, peace and blessings to you on the journey, and thank you for being you. Thanks for stopping by the Soul Gym. I pray you experience some greater self-awareness, inspiration to experience a richer, more soulful life, and motivation to start working out your mind, body, and spirit today. Remember, you don't need to be anyone other than the unique expression of life you already are. However, to grow into deeper, soulful living, daily, consistent exercise is needed. If you'd like some support and help building and growing your personal soul gym, reach out and let's connect. I would love to do a one-on-one -on -one session with you. Explore more Soul Gym offerings at RevDarylJones.com. That's R-E-V-D-A-R-R-E-L-L-J-O-N-E-S.com. Until next week, may you practice love, light, and laughter.